Hello and welcome back to another episode on Fitness for Pregnancy and Beyond, where we talk all things fitness for preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum so that you can feel confident moving your body during these amazing chapters of your life. So today's topic, I'm going to be diving into three things that I wish I did during my first pregnancy that I did during my second and made a huge difference on how I felt with my fitness. And then we'll talk one thing um, as far as nutrition. And then that specifically goes into kind of it's during pregnancy, but then into the postpartum period as well. So I'm so excited to dive in. We're, the three things I'm going to be talking about today are a proven fitness protocol for pregnancy. Um, it's kind of the first thing that I wish I did with baby number one. And the second thing is planning food for the postpartum season, specifically those first like six weeks after you have your baby, you just don't really feel like cooking a whole lot. So what I did during my second pregnancy that I wish I did for my first. And then finally, the very last topic, um, is a, like a, a bigger emphasis on core strength. So how to actually, um, train your quarter in pregnancy and then what that looks like and how it can help you into the postpartum period. So I'm really excited. We're just going to go ahead and dive on in with the first topic, which is a proven fitness protocol for pregnancy. So when I was pregnant with Jayla, our first, I remember feeling like, okay, I know I want to make fitness a priority throughout my pregnancy, but I don't I don't really know what not to do. And so I feel like sometimes the, like the reason I kept doing the same workouts over and over and over again was because I didn't know really, I didn't want to do anything wrong essentially. So I kept doing the same things over and over again because I felt comfortable doing those things, but I didn't want to like harm myself or my baby. And I did have that pubis symphysis dysfunction. It wasn't technically um, like prescribed as that, but I did have some pelvis pain throughout that pregnancy that made it uncomfortable to work out sometimes. So I didn't want to make that worse. And so I just ended up doing a lot of the same stuff over and over again, which for me, I'm really comfortable with resistance training and specifically squat and lunge variations, as well as, you know, a, like real like thrusters or as far as like when my belly got too big, um, to like comfortably do a thruster is when I, when I kind of put some of that dumbbell work to the side, but really throughout most of my pregnancy, I stuck with the same staple exercises. Um, I was following Hannah Bauer on Instagram, which if you are familiar with her page, you know how helpful, helpful her content is. And so I was doing some of the workouts that she was doing for her pregnancy. And I remember thinking, well, a lot of this is very similar to what I'm doing but I just don't want to do anything wrong. And so that blanket statement right there, I don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want to harm myself kind of made it hard to commit to, you know, working out as confidently as possible. So I stayed active and I was also kind of, I was battling nausea with Jayla pretty much throughout my whole pregnancy. So that was also a contributing factor um, to not as consistent workouts, but I was overall, I stayed active throughout my pregnancy with her. But with Liam, my second baby, I knew I wanted a proven approach. So I got my certification to be a fitness specialist for pre and postnatal care, learned so much about proper exercise for pregnancy. And 
And as far as like training goes, like training for specificity, (laughs) I can never say that word, but training for a specific outcome. When you are pregnant and you're training for a specific outcome, you're training for birth, you're training to kind of accommodate all these body shifts that your body is walking through as your belly gets bigger. So there is some specific approaches that you can take with fitness while you're pregnant that I didn't do with Jayla. And so a couple like a couple of things that come to mind with some specific approaches that I did take with Liam that I did not take with Jayla was just prioritizing glute strength. One, which my most recent podcast, like this one, just one podcast back, um, talks all about glute strength for pregnancy and why it's important. So I prioritized that piece. And then along with core strengthening, which I'll talk about as a third topic today. Um, But then incorporating like the like ball work with the Swiss ball and knowing like having confidence in the exercises that I was doing that they were safe for me and for my baby. And honestly, a lot of those exercises that I included with Liam really helped with that that pelvis pain that I did have with Jayla. So that was a huge positive outcome from having a more specific approach to pregnancy with baby number two. So what, like, what does that even look like? Well, I still included the dumbbells. I included resistance bands. Um, even like even body weight work I also included, and you can do a lot of exercises just without any weights, even if that's something like a squat or like I was mentioning before, the lunges, um, like plank style things like on your elbows or on just like on your hands and like a plank position. You can do a lot of variations of like push-ups, which an actual push-up on the floor is it's a very hard exercise. But if you elevate yourself onto the wall or to onto a couch, that exercise becomes night and day different. So that was another one. Or even even things like the chest press. I knew I was safe and comfortable to do exercises on my back up to a certain point, it is recommended that you elevate outside of a laying down position that you elevate up to like between 35 and 45 degrees. If you're exercising, um, once you get past like 17 weeks pregnant, just because, I mean, you can feel a little bit lightheaded if you stay in that position for too long, but your body is designed to to know if you're uncomfortable. So if you wake up on your back, it's not like you're putting yourself in harm's way. Your body woke you up so that you can move. So same thing goes for exercise. Exercise is different than sleeping because you're actively, you know, applying force against you, but you can listen to your body in those settings. As for me, I know a set or two of something on my back, like I feel comfortable doing that. The next mom might feel like it's an uncomfortable position for her. And in that case, she could elevate just for comfort measures. And so I still did a lot of dumbbell work and, and really you can too. (laughs) Like if you, if the weights intimidate you to begin with, just start with a pair of five pound dumbbells and choose like eight exercises that you feel comfortable doing. And it could be shoulder exercises. It could be like lateral raises or front raises. It could be one where you're just bent over just a little bit and you're doing some sort of fly exercise where you're pulling the dumbbells like up and out away from you. Or it could be you are elevated. And if you have a Swiss ball at home, you can lay back onto it, kind of like in a reclined position. And you can do a lot of chest press exercises like the chest fly, which which I guess is not a chest press, but you could do the chest fly. You could do um, the chest press in in an inclined position. You could do a narrow chest press, which is just you rotating your arms in and pressing closer to your body. And then same thing in that elevate in that 
kind of reclined position, you could do a you could do a lateral raise with dumbbells there, or you could do. Um, I'm trying to think of. I had another one. Oh, a tricep extension. So you could do um, tricep work. So the Swiss ball definitely comes in handy. And then when you when your belly gets to the point where it is so big and you are actually walking more into a labor prep, end of pregnancy preparation, the Swiss ball is also really handy for pelvic floor work. So if you sit on it, you breathe into the ball, you do you can roll your hips on the ball or do any sort of stretching on the ball, whether you're sitting on it or it's out in front of you and you're stretching towards it. So the Swiss ball is definitely one thing, one piece of equipment. I would recommend having on hand if you're looking to buy something. The only downfall of a Swiss ball is it's so big, so it can be hard to store outside of actually using it. But one tip I have with that, especially if you want to make fitness a priority in your life, is to have a part of your home that's designated to a workout space. So it could be a room off to the side that you're currently using for storage that you know, in your head, <laughs> you're telling yourself, I need to go through all that stuff anyway. It needs to find a home or I need to rehome it. Take that space and turn it into a designated workout space and you can work out there with your kids. We recently turned our garage into an at-home workout space prior. It was kind of in the living room area. So the garage is a much better spot for it and the kids, we bring them out there to work out with us and it's just good for everybody. So, you know, buy the Swiss ball, even if you feel like it might be hard to find a spot for it. But that was kind of the first overall um, big topic I wanted to address was following a fitness plan for pregnancy so that you're working out with purpose and intention and you're going to feel good. I mean, pregnancy alone is a lot on the body in the sense of your body changes. You feel just, I mean, thicker and kind of fluffier than you did before. And mentally, sometimes that can be hard to overcome, but we have the wisdom and awareness that it's okay, but working out can help alleviate any of those symptoms, help you feel better, give you a little endorphin rush, and get those happy hormones kind of flowing so that you can continue to approach your pregnancy every day with a positive mindset. So know that it's possible to have those proven, you know, that proven roadmap in place. And so just to pause here real quick, in case you didn't hear it in my last episode, this January, like January 2024, I will be onboarding about 10 pregnant women to walk through a 12-week, essentially like a course with me to learn about how to keep your core as safe as possible throughout your pregnancy and to exercise. Like what is fitness for pregnancy actually look like. You're going to learn all the ins and outs, all the little nuggets that are going to be so helpful for you as you're navigating your pregnancy through it and then into the postpartum season, what's going to be huge to focus on. So outside of all the amazing content I'll be sharing in the group community that will be part of it, which by the way, the community piece is a piece that you didn't know you needed <laughs> for pregnancy. So outside of those, you'll also be provided a workout plan that's appropriate for you with where you're at in your pregnancy. And I'll provide you workouts up until you give birth to your baby. So I'm looking for 10 dedicated, ready to go women to join the group. And if you're listening, you're like, oh my gosh, I need this. Definitely reach out to me. Send me a message. Just say, hey, Janelle, I heard you're on girls for January. I'd love to hear more and let's, let's get a conversation going. So wanted to just let you know, this is an opportunity that you should absolutely jump on. If you are looking to have the most like efficient and effective pregnancy for with fitness as like a pillar of how you're approaching health, um, 
for you. So yay. So that that is that kind of ties up the first thing that I wish I did for pregnancy number one. And the second thing is prepping food. This is this is what I wish I did for pregnancy number one that I did for pregnancy number two is be more specific about prepping food for the postpartum period while I'm pregnant. So if you have family around you, this is something that I think is so helpful. Um, we do not live close to family, but I wish I would have known how helpful it can be just to have food on hand um, with your second baby. <laughs> so, so what one thing I would recommend doing is planning how you're going to approach food after you have your baby. So even like the last six weeks of pregnancy, these are definitely things that you could be thinking about during that time prepping during that time and not only prepping, but actually making any frozen meals that you can keep in the freezer to pull out on a, on a day where you do need a quick, you know, something to eat, but then also how you're going, like just how you're going to approach food from a practical, efficient and nutritious standpoint after you have your baby. So a couple things, one thing that you can do as you're nearing the end of your pregnancy is prep frozen entrees that you can keep in the freezer and then pull out when you need them. And so this could be like a lot of different soups. It could be different pastas and you can, when you, when you bake them, like double, triple the batch so that you do, you can freeze three to four meals for your family in the freezer. So it could be lasagna. It could be like just good filling meals. Um, like chili soups are, I think are really good or brothy soups that you can freeze and pull out when you need them. Or even things like casseroles, you can even Google like casseroles to freeze for the postpartum period. And there will be a lot of tasty options available. So like chicken, I mean, you can even do beef, or even, or even having things like frozen turkey burgers on hand, or if you live near like a wholesale store where you can buy a lot of frozen foods at once, having a larger supply is going to be really helpful. So frozen turkey burgers that you can just put on a, a pan and pop into the oven and have a good solid serving of protein is going to help you stay fuller longer help you with the quick and efficient eating because when you do have a baby you're going to feel like you don't have time to eat which sounds crazy but it's it's definitely a thing and then another thing that comes to mind is stir fry so if you grill a bunch of chicken at once and you freeze your chicken and your veggies and even your rice you can freeze it all together and then you can pull them out as you need them you can pop them back into a skillet on the stovetop and then give it 20 minutes to warm up and then you have a easy and delicious dinner ready for the whole family as well. So plan it. And I personally, like the rule I like to follow is three months in the freezer. So if you do, if you prep this food at around seven months pregnant, then you can have that food or between seven and eight, I would suppose, but you can have that food ready for a month after you have your baby and then into the two month season. So I think that like, as far as exhaustion goes, that can be the period that seems a little bit tricky for dinners, but even having four weeks of meals ready after you have your baby, you're going to be so glad that you did that. It seriously makes such a big difference. And then one other thing, I think it's just helpful to know and to be reminded of is if you have family or support around you, it's okay to ask for help. 
If a sibling or a friend says, how can I help you? Take them up on it. They are gen- they genuinely mean that when they say, how can I help? And they would, they would be honored to help you. You're not inconveniencing anyone. We are, we are all in this world to help each other. So if you have a mom friend who is recently postpartum, reach out to her and ask her. It, it doesn't even have to be like, how can I help you? It could be, what can I make for dinner for you this week? And she would be like, so thankful that you, that you offered to help in that way. And so that, so know that you can ask for help. And then if you're a friend with a newly postpartum friend who just had a baby, ask her what you can make for her for dinner that night. So we are all here to help each other and <laughs> continue to know that. But that's kind of the second thing that I wish I did with Jayla that I was able to do and prepare for with Liam. And this kind of, this kind of dives into the very last segment, um, of this podcast for things I wish I did differently, which is actually, it doesn't really dive into it. I, in my head it did, but it really kind of does it is, um, I wish I was more specific about my approach towards, um, keeping my core engaged and activating my core while I was pregnant. So this is another thing, kind of, like I said before, in, in the very first topic was you just don't do things because you don't know how to do them and you don't want to actually screw anything up. So instead of just not doing anything, so what we resort to isn't doing nothing at all to prepare um, our core, but there are absolutely things that you can do to keep your core engaged, which is going to help you in the postpartum season because it's going to have a better time healing. It's going to be strong. It's going to be stronger. And especially if you're hoping to have more than one child, then having a core that is functional and for lack of better words, together, that's going to make a big difference in how you feel just overall. Um, so things that you can do to keep your core engaged and strong while you're pregnant. When you're kind of in that season of pregnancy where your belly, like before like week 20, I think plank variations are going to be really helpful. Just look down and make sure you're not coning. That's when it creates that mountain shape that you can see your kind of your belly forming like a cone. So we don't want to be coning. We want to keep, um, our core. It would, it should look like it's flat and you should feel your muscles engaged. And honestly, this is going to be really hard to do. If this is something you've ever thought about doing before, you're going to start engaging your core and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's how you do that. I was not doing that before. And now my core exercises are like 20 times harder than they were before. And so that's what it should feel like. But Plank variations are great, even if you're on your knees and if you're, you know, on, if you're straight arming it, so your elbows are locked and your hands are down in front of you, then, you know, go from your knees and engage as comfortable. And if, you know, you try to go for 45 seconds and you can only go for 30 before you start coning, that gives you a a starting place. So continue going for 30 seconds, gradually increase the time. But planking, I think, is a good full body core exercise as well as just really simple it almost feels like like therapy exercises for your core where you're in all fours position and it's going to feel so slow it's going to feel like you're not actually doing anything but you really are so things like bird dogs and and even a dead bug is on your back but you can do dead bugs while you're pregnant so a bird dog is where you're in all fours position and you're reaching opposite arm opposite leg you're reaching out in front of you with your arm and you're kicking out behind you with your leg. And then as you bring your arm and leg in together, then you can make an exhale and and sound to engage your core even more while you're giving your baby a hug 
with your abs. So this is a really, really great core exercise as well. And if doing your arm and your leg together is too hard, you can just do your arms or just your legs. And instead of holding your leg out behind you, you can even just tap it on the ground behind you. So extend your leg fully, tap the ground, and then bring it back in. So you, any exercise that you see, um, I shouldn't say any exercise, but even for something like a bird dog or a dead bug that we know are effective and safe for pregnancy, you can do them. And then if the exercise is too hard, you can always modify it by doing either just your arms or just your legs, or instead of reach with arm and leg, you could just do your arms are going to be easier. Your legs are going to be harder. So even just starting with your arms or then just doing your legs to then doing them both together as the hardest version of the exercise is going to be really helpful. So that those are two really foundational exercises that come to mind. As And then the third one that I wanted to address is the Paloff Press. So you might have seen this one before, maybe on Instagram or in a video, um, but it's when you're using a band and you're in a kneeling position or a standing position is fine, but you're the band is going to be anchored on something and you're going to pull it away from the, um, away from the anchored surface. It could be like a pole or if you're in the gym, it could be like a, a standing rack or if you're at home, it could be again, like a pole in the basement or locked around. Um, I like to use the door handle, not the handle on the side that I'm using, but on the other side, you can wrap it around the handle and then have it go through the door. If it's if it's a skinny enough band, you could do that. But make sure it's anchored appropriately <laughs> so it doesn't come back and fling at you. But um, you're going to hold it away so there's some tension. And then you're going to grab the band kind of by your chest and keeping your body as stationary as possible. You're going to push that band away from you until your arms are extended and then exhale as you bring the band back to its original position. And this is going to be a great core stabilizer exercise as well. And you might even feel sore from some of these exercises. Continue to do them. Um, we're, what we're trying to avoid as far as core strengthening goes when you're pregnant, we're, we're not doing crunches. We're not doing sit-ups. Anything where you're loading your spine or you're even like a, if you're sitting up, and if you're pregnant, you know how hard just sitting up can be. That is the motion that we're actually trying to avoid to keep our core safe. It just puts so much pressure on the front of our stomach. And that's what's being like stretched kind of the most as our baby grows. So our baby grows outward and in front of us. And that tissue that connects our ab muscles is being stretched like big time. So when we load our spine and we try to sit up, it kind of creates a situation where we're putting too much pressure on the front of our core there. So that's what we're definitely trying to avoid to keep our core strong while we're pregnant. Even like, I mean, the side to side crunches, like where you're reaching for your toes. I mean, those, that's not really one that I'm going to be putting on like the, of a fitness plan for pregnancy. That's going to have a huge like impact or make a large difference for you. I would focus on those core stabilizer exercises, like the three main ones that I mentioned here in the podcast today. And then you don't have to feel like really the reason you're trying to keep your core safe is for functionality purposes. And then so that after you have your baby, you can, your core can return to a safe and functional place. Um, It's not that we're trying to feel like, it's not like we're trying to decrease the amount of body fat or body weight around our abdomen. 
Um, it's more for a functional purpose, but then after you have your baby, when we have a functional core, we are going to put ourselves in a better position to be able to have, you know, more likely to have like, I I say abs because it's a really easy way to say it, but you're going to have a better time managing your weight. You're going to feel stronger in your core. And that just makes a difference in everything that you do every single day. And you might've seen like those pictures or, you know, these transformations where these moms do have like a major like transformation in how their stomach looks after they have kids. And having awareness and using these functional exercises for core strength will absolutely help you in achieving that because it is great for confidence. It's it's even more than that at that point. It's just you feel so darn good. So know that that is like having those mindset pillars in place is also going to set you up for success like times 10 versus just having aesthetic um benefits to things like this. So know that it's possible to protect and engage your core while you're pregnant, make it a priority while you're pregnant, and it will be so much easier to engage your core and feel good after you have your baby. So I know these things can feel feel hard. They take discipline. And I'm not saying I'm perfect because I have days where I am definitely not that I plan to work out and I don't, or I'm like, man, you know, I, it's Tuesday and I still haven't like planned what I'm eating this week. That those things happen to me too, but it's knowing it's having like the wisdom to not let those here and there moments where you're, where you're not perfect linger into the next day or the next week, because that's, that is just reality. That is how it goes. (laughs) And when just by knowing you have this pillar that you can rely on for your health and focusing on it when, when appropriate, that is, that's, what's going to set you up for success. So those are three things that I wish I would have done differently with my first pregnancy that I did with my second and made a huge difference. If you found this episode valuable, definitely give the podcast a five-star review so that we can continue impacting moms everywhere. And if you have anything that you would love to hear like me talk about on, on this show, definitely send me a message. I will make sure that your questions are answered. So we will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day.